Welcome to Talking About Midlife, where we talk about life living in a female body in our midlife. We talk about health, love, relationships, our inner world, aging, death, motherhood, and what it means to be a human at this time in the world. I am Kelly Sterling, and I hope you enjoyed listening to these stories that I'm sharing. Hi everyone, thanks for listening. Today we are talking about a topic that I've wanted to talk about for a really long time and I have the very fabulous Mangala Holland with me today. Hi Mangala. Hi Kelly, thank you for having me on. I'm really excited for this conversation. <laughs> so, um, so I wanted to talk about sexuality and embodiment uh, development, like developing ourselves, doing personal development work around this and the impact that it has on us as individuals and then the impact that it has on the broader ecosystem that we live within because it's always struck me that the deeper we go into ourselves, the more we think about the world around us. And I've been wanting to talk about it for a while and then you know, who would be the best person to talk about this with? And I saw Mangala put a post about it as well. And I was like, oh, yeah, let's have this conversation. So I'm <laughs> super excited to talk about this today. Mangala is a women's empowerment and sexuality coach. So she's very well placed to have this conversation. And I think with her experience, plus all of my years of working in leadership and adult development, we're going to have a really, really interesting conversation today. So Mangala, tell us a little bit about you. Like, how did you get to be a women's empowerment and sexuality coach? And what's really been your path here? Because I know you've done some really interesting development work yourself and you've traveled and you've just got a really interesting story so tell us a little bit about <laughs> you yeah so I in my in one of my previous incarnations I yeah back in the day I was working in corporate in the UK and yeah. I've worked in stockbrokers I've worked in legal firms worked in insurance um and I was also DJing in bars and clubs as well on the side um so it was a really interesting double life like being in this stiff suit during the day and then going out and being on the decks <laughs> in the evening and partying really hard really really hard and I did this for a long time like almost a couple of decades and I got to the point where I burnt out I got really disillusioned I'd I'd taken way, I'd just too many years of alcohol and drugs and everything else and it all just lost its shine and, and I just had a bit of a wake-up call one one day after a really heavy weekend and I was just like what is the point of this why am I why am I squeezing myself into these spaces where I don't really fit and playing this corporate game just so I can earn money for old white men who all they care about is making money for other old white men and surely there's got to be more to life than this and all the money I was making I was just blowing at the weekend anyway and and so it led to a bit of um breakthrough I guess you could call it and and so I started exploring more yoga and meditation and spirituality and within a very short space of time I quit my corporate job decided to go off for a year and go travel and I was 36 at the time 
and I, th I thought I'd have a few months in India and then explore Thailand and see where I ended up for a year. And that ended up being a 12 year journey of deep personal discovery and only came back to the UK in 2021 last year. So it was um, it was a wild journey. And yeah, I went as I as I started to work on myself and do this personal healing work, I discovered that at the core of it, I actually detested myself and I felt so disconnected from my body and my, my sexuality. And I had to go, do a very deep dive to, to reclaim that. And as I did go through that journey of reclaiming it, I had some amazingly profound experiences, like experiencing my first cervical orgasms and, oh my God, the world needs this. And being like, I wanted to share this with the world, which is amazing. At the same time, I was in a very um, unhealthy neo-tantra environment um in a in a school that was very culty and very manipulative and it took me I was in there for five years it took me a long time to get out and and once I was as I as I started to unravel that conditioning from from my system and I I went more deeply into embodiment and it's like oh my god okay so that you it, it's about power from within not power over um and that that was kind of the next phase of the journey. So I've been in the sexuality work for around 13 years and I've been teaching for eight years and it's been, yeah, it's been a wild ride. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm now training the next generation of embodied female pleasure facilitators. I've got clients all over the world. I run group programs as well. And it's, and it's, I just find this to be the most emotionally rewarding work that there is to do like really just giving the people tools to know themselves better and to understand themselves better to find their own power from within and access the pleasure and, and sexuality so it's not it's not like a frivolous oh yeah orgasms are nice of course they are but it, it it's much much deeper than yeah it's so beautiful it's always struck me as unusual something that I until I got into embodiment well I've been doing embodiment work for about 20 years but not the sexuality piece and that was kind of profound for me in the same way and it's always amazed me that people can do years and years of therapy I mean I have some friends who've been doing it for 20 years and never once speak about their sexuality because to me it's like we're there's a room in our house that we never go into Mm -hmm. which just mm -hmm. doesn't make a lot of sense and so yeah. you know the from a personal development perspective like you say there's so much reward to be had from going in there do you want to talk a little bit about yeah. that and just when we explore our sexuality what it can show us about or how we can learn more about ourselves when we go into exploring our sexuality yeah yeah and and i see i the way i look at it is like this is a fundamental part of as who we are as human beings mm. so it's not just there's a room in the house we don't go into that room has often been all the shit we don't want to look at has been chucked in that room and yeah. it's been piled high and and has been the door's been slammed on it and it's gathering dust and if you open that door everything's going to come crashing down and that's why people don't want to open that door yeah um and it's 
it is fundamental to who we are um, because it's tied in with so many things. It, it It's not separate from the rest of our lives and our relationship with our sexuality is intimately connected with our relationship to how we feel about our physical body, mm. how we look, about shame that we hold, about the way we talk to ourselves, about how we interact with others. It also, you know, there is a relationship with pleasure and the nervous system, like what is available to us? What are we mm. able to feel? Are we, are we stuck in survival mode in a, you know, in hypervigilance looking for danger or are we able to, feel safe in our bodies it's 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 absolutely at the core of who we are and what I see with my clients is the impact in their lives when they start the journey of reclamation and just and and stripping away conditioning that it's like oh hang on you know it's like well who's told you all these years that you're where did you get this idea that you are you know less than or not good enough or you know like where where have those messages come from where did you get the message you were that your body isn't beautiful or that it's that you have to be quiet or behave in a certain way and it I see it uh, like the 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 journey to liberation is about keep asking like why am I why do I think this way where did that come from is it mine oh no I can drop that (laughs) and it's a it's a process but it, it impacts every area of our lives. And so I see this with my clients all the time. It's like, they, they yeah, they, they might come to me because they want more pleasure and they want to experience orgasms and they want more fulfillment in the bedroom. But actually, when we do the work, it's like, oh, I've stopped beating myself up. Or, mm. wow, I'm getting on with my teenagers better than I ever have before. Uh, yeah. Suddenly I've got, you know, I'm, I'm developing a healthy relationship with my mother. Um, I'm feeling more confident at work. I'm signing new clients. I'm charging more. I'm going to I'm gonna quit my job and do something that fulfills me. I'm going to yeah. move somewhere else. You know, it's like all the, it's so interconnected. Um, yeah. It's so liberating. That's a short answer. <laughs> yeah. And like you say, so much, you know, comes from, well, sometimes family of origin culture, but a lot of it mm. just comes from the culture that we swim and mm-hmm. walk in and hang out in every day. And it's very yeah. implicit, isn't it? Like an invisible grapevine that kind of winds around and yeah. permeates and you do have yeah. to question it. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, and I just, you know, it's like especially, and I think that's one of the gifts of being, for me, being in perimenopause is, I, I'm questioning everything, and it's it's <laughs> super super healthy. So healthy. It's, it's so like, healthy. No. <laughs> um, and I, you know, and and we have the privilege of being white women having this conversation, and I, I look at yeah. you know some of my other clients, women of color, and people I've worked with in the trans and non-binary community and looking how the intersection of all of these the 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 conditioning across society that that stops us from really standing in our full truth and saying this is who I am being unapologetic about it yeah yeah absolutely I mean there's a lot of collective trauma that really needs Mm. to be unwound isn't there and I was thinking about that today while I was sort of preparing for our conversation there's so many different marginalized groups and there's so many intersections between all of that it seems 
incredibly complex. Mm. And sometimes mm. I wonder, you know, I think, oh, you know, is this doable? Can we unwind mm. a lot of this? What do you mm -hmm. think about that? What are your thoughts on that? This is where I think the body piece is really, really important. That mm. it's, it's like, you know, because if we want to be able to, to unwind that and if we want to be able to stand up for what we believe in and if we want to stand out from the crowd or just, just be able to really be in our truth, it has to come from within. And I, I think this is where the embodiment peace and and regulating the nervous system and and finding safety in the body is crucial because yeah. we need a certain level of resilience to be able to <laughs> just to do that you know yeah. Um, yeah. we need to be able to rest well we need to be able to to get good quality sleep we need to be able to function because if we're you know I, I i speak from my own experience of going through phases of activism and wanting to really be vocal and and you know get out there and stuff it is exhausting to to do mm. that 24 7 and the impact on our on our on our physical system on our nervous system can be incredibly draining so it's like this this again ties in with pleasure like pleasure isn't a luxury i really believe that we need this in our lives to feel good to be able to to thrive because otherwise we end up stuck in survival mode so yeah. I think the more we're connected to our own bodies this is this is the roadmap this is how we this is how we get to really question does this feel good for me does this not and 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 go go through that process from the inside and it's um, hard yeah. It's, yeah it's hard isn't it because we live in such a 24 7 on yeah kind of uh I was reading something last year or the year before it was to do with perimenopause of course but that in our transition because when we move into our feminine uh, and when we go through our big changes in feminine bodies we tend to go into more of a sort of darker deeper place in, into our psyche but the world that we live in is so sort of lights on, heat, 24-7, mm -hmm. you know, which is that sort of more masculine orientation, even though I'm kind of not into feminine and masculine polarity yeah. stuff so much, but you get what I'm saying. Totally. And, and I, I think we get like a taste of that. Everybody, you know, everybody who menstruates has a taste of that every month when we, totally. when we yeah. bleed. It's the same thing. It's like, I don't want the stimulus. You know, I want to be in my cave. I, I'm in that dark. Yeah transformational space i don't want the bombardment of notifications and loads of loads of windows open on my laptop and all the rest of it it's like i just want to go and be in bed or be under a tree <laughs> yeah it, you know yeah so nature is really the image of the feminine in the natural form mm. and being able to rest and rejuvenate and regulate our nervous systems and like you say the, the the body and being in our body is the key to going in and being able to learn to listen to our body very very closely so we can listen and find detail to what she's telling us so it it sort of strikes me that you know when we are disassociated and disconnected from our body 
we're also disconnected from a whole lot of stuff that's going on around us. So, you know, I sort of think, well, if we live in this culture where the feminine is denigrated a lot and has been for hundreds of years and we're in this sort of protective mode, it's really hard to look outside of ourselves Mm -hmm. and see what's going on. And so why Mm -hmm. would we be thinking about the environment? Why would we be thinking about communities? Why would we be thinking about all this when we're just sort of in avoidance of our own stuff or in our own way, so to speak? What do you think about that? Absolutely. It's it's so easy to be stuck in our own shit when we're yeah, when 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 we're in that, and I absolutely absolutely believe that, and I I think it, you you know you can't zoom out and support others and look at the wider picture if you haven't got that resilience and mm. capacity within yourself, you mm. know. And I think I mean I'm just looking like as you as as you kind of said that it my mind went to this mental image of when I was it back in Australia because. And, I, and it was very particularly connected to the first lockdown in Melbourne, the very first one, which I was still there for. The, I was there for the first two. And um, I remember just being under this beautiful, I'd go to this beautiful gum tree down by the Yarra every day and sit with this tree. And, and I think for a lot of people, they started to create a new connection with nature during the pandemic. Absolutely. Because you know there was what else we're going to do <laughs> um and 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 just like it started to attune me into like this deep listening and appreciation for nature and it's something that's grown so much more since then but it's like just being able to it's one of the things I do as almost as a daily practice is to go and rest against a tree and just mm. be in this deep listening and reciprocity and to feel my connection to the earth underneath me and this this living being like having my back against this living being and feeling that that support of mother nature and and tuning into that deep sense of you know it it, to me it feels like well humans can come and go mama nature is still going to be there you know it's that it's yeah it it's something that I feel is very very needed in this time and I believe the more we're connected in with our own again it we we stop becoming separate and stuck in our own little day-to-day lives when we're able to to feel this because I really believe like this there's no it's no coincidence that we've got such you know we're we're experiencing ecological disasters and we're experiencing, as you say, like the this deep disconnect with the feminine. It's 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 internal and it's external, and yeah. the two are not separate. The yeah. two are really not separate. Yeah, yeah. One thing that that strikes me that you and I have probably been experienced because we've been going through perimenopause. But one of the gifts of this stage, but I think actually if you go and do your deep dive into your sexuality before you even get there, you'll learn this. Is there, is this tension that we constantly manage between me and we, I call it. Mm -hmm. So when we learn to put our own needs 
first and this is where pleasure and having sort of a daily pleasure practice and just learning to put yourself first is really important I think for all people but I think a lot of women in particular because that's something a lot of them don't do particularly well and our bodies through our hormonal changes through our life so whether it's menarche or birth or uh, the menopause transition or just your cycle every month kind of demands that you learn to do that but some Mm -hmm. of us seem to avoid it because we live in this crazy culture like you were talking about your life before you when you were doing your DJing and you know I certainly had the corporate career as well like you so we sort of work in this culture where it's almost frowned upon to do that or when Mm -hmm. you do you just blow it off right Mm -hmm. so I feel like a lot of us to be able to think broadly about the environment in the way that you're talking about we have to learn to manage this tension in our life between me or we like what's good for me but also what's my role in society and how do I contribute to the broader conversation equation my daily actions you know that's like even in the house right and you're recycling totally yeah whatever you know windows six star Mm. design of your house whatever but this is a really challenging skill Mm -hmm. for people to learn right because there's a polarity between me and we right so it's a Mm -hmm. a tension that we have to learn this polarity in all the systems that we live in but we have to learn to to manage this tension and one of the things that I always say to women I'm coaching in this midlife transition is you got to learn to put me first so you can do the we work right yeah if you're you're not if you're under-resourced in your nervous system if you're burned out if you're tired you have no Mm. all the things you've been talking about what do you think is the most challenging thing in manage learning to manage that what have you observed with clients oh I think it comes down to that again it comes it can it can come down to that conditioning so I'm remembering one of my group programs I ran last year and it was like this light bulb moment went off for everyone when I said you know you can give yourself permission to leave the dishes in the sink and go and self-pleasure and it was like whoa and it sounds it sounds frivolous but it, it talks exactly to that me and we you know especially for um for people who've had kids you know it's like so much of your your adult life has been about supporting others Mm. and putting their needs first and not putting your own mask on first and you know resourcing yourself first and and I think that is that tension point isn't it so I think like the the family is like a, a microcosm sometimes of of what we see in society yeah as well you know Uh, yeah and it's so it is it's complex and and there is a difference between you know being selfish and being self-resourced and I think Mm. that's where a lot of people that's where that's what the messages we've had from society are that putting our putting our wellness first is you know is a luxury is frivolous is you know all these is selfish it's all these things that it's somehow negative and and instead it's like it's like how can we turn that around how can we how can we embrace this and and look at it from a different perspective so Mm. you know and it's I it also makes me think of 
you know, all those people going crazy for toilet roll in the pandemic. <laughs> it's it was that that was survival mode showing yeah, up. That yeah. People were were well, stuff everyone else. I've got to I've got to make sure my family have, have got what we need first, and it, it shows something very interesting in the human, you know, the human psyche. <laughs> It was so weird, wasn't it? It was really bizarre. I was so just... Yeah. Yeah. And it keeps happening every time there's restrictions. It doesn't stop. So it's like people are not... People are, you know, it's instead it's like, well, I don't see people questioning, well, do we need toilet roll? Can we can we do what people do in Asia and find other ways to, you know, what's more sustainable? Um, And this is... This is it. And I think I think it's challenging because so much of social media and stuff reinforces and, you know, advertising and capitalism in general is reinforcing this. We need more. We need more growth. We need we need bigger, brighter, faster things yeah. all the time. And yeah. in fact, what we probably need to do is slow down and rest and, and look at what do we really need? What's really important here? Yeah. And I think one of the. Um, the great things about embodiment work is you learn a little bit about your nervous system mm. and you really learn to slow down like you're talking about and that slow is more and it's incredible that the depths that you can go into your psyche by actually just going really slowly it's such yeah. a gift isn't it and yeah I always say to people you know fear is a really um, important emotion and it comes mm. from your nervous system right it's your nervous system protecting you but when you're not conscious to it so you're not actually be able to be present in your body and ask your body because your body's got a brain too like mm. what actually do you need right now you get that mm-hmm. very reactive orientation that you're talking about don't you so mm-hmm. There's so much, there's so much benefit to be had from learning to be slow and just listen to that and just, oh, okay, I'm feeling really uncomfortable right now. What, what is it? And just get really nuanced about what you're feeling. Okay, I'm anxious. I'm afraid. What you know? And just yeah. be able to have that reflective, yeah. go into that reflective piece with yourself, isn't it? Yeah, or also like, oh my god, I've just been completely numbed out. Now, why is that? <laughs> you know, I just completely yeah. tapped out there. What What is it I don't want to look at? Yeah. Where did I go into? Well, oh god, I've just I froze in that moment. Why couldn't I say what I wanted to say? Yeah, you, you know, um, and it's it it works both ways. Yes, we need the the rest and the slowness. We also need to have that be able to tap into the reactivity and the the fight you know when we need it when we need it um yeah, yeah exactly instead of being on 24 7 no you're right run, because running a lot of the default people, show yeah, yeah a lot of people can't access their mm-hmm. fight because they're mm-hmm. in freeze mode constantly aren't they totally. and actually the yeah. only way that they can move out is through accessing that mm. daguar tiger energy really yeah and it's yeah definitely and something that I've been just exploring in my own body at the moment is this because I'm 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 doing teaching 
Tai Chi and Qigong and I'm finding this really really helpful and I had a conversation with my teacher about it the other night just you know there's times where you want to nourish that yin and do things in a really soft way so that you're you're taking yourself out of that frazzled kind of energy and then there's other times where you might be feeling like no I need to build more I need more fire I need more yang I need more more oomph you know and it's this what I'm finding in perimenopause is having to have this con this constant dialogue with myself like which way am I swinging right now and how do I how do I bring myself back into equilibrium what does my system need right now you know yeah I guess that's this constant question yeah Yeah, a constant and just being paying really close attention to the energy that's underneath there and what do I need do I need a bit of action or do I need a bit of slowness and yeah 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 and it's yeah and it's it's something like in my 20s I was able to just and my 30s just able to go full power all the time and not question it and I had you know endless levels of energy and and that was great but there's something much deeper and wiser about I don't need to I don't want to yeah yeah yeah. and being more selective about what I choose and who I interact with the choices I make yeah, there's, there's so much wisdom in being able to discern, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Having yeah. access to that discernment. Yeah. In terms of rather than reacting, but creating the outcome that mm-hmm. you want or the choices that you want. Mm, yeah. And I look at, you know, I I, always, I I look at like cats and dogs as very good examples of this. Like they, they're never not embodied, are they? You know, they're always like, well, you're going to see them really enjoying a really beautiful stretch or having a really good nap or running around like crazy. They know exactly what they need. And it's, I think we can learn so much from the natural world in this. Mm. And the more we can, yeah, tap into our animal selves in that way. I think then we are less disconnected from nature and disconnected from these wider questions about climate change and where society's going and you know the, the disconnect that everybody's experiencing in some form or another at the moment. It's like if we want to be able to bridge bridge these big divisions that are showing up in society, particularly at the moment that requires doing something different to what we've been doing I think a lot yeah well there's just been a lot of band-aid what I call band-aid and post-it mm-hmm. note solutions hasn't there? yeah 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 for yeah. a really 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 long time and it's sort of like yeah that productivity like tick yeah we made something yeah. for that good let's go yeah but there's no depth and I guess that's where the embodiment piece and the sexuality mm-hmm. work is really powerful because it does, you do go really, really deep, don't you? Into yeah. your psyche. Yeah. Mm. And also just for me, it's about that daily connecting in. So it doesn't, you know, I always tell my clients, it doesn't, you don't need to, you don't need to quit your corporate job. You don't need to go off and live in the jungle to do this stuff. You don't need to, you know, it's like we don't all have the luxury of, rolling around in the rice fields in Bali you know it's it's about what can you do for five or ten minutes on a daily basis that helps you shrug off some of the the stress you've accumulated and get underneath those layers and just feel what's there today what 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 am I actually feeling and what do I what decisions do I want to make it's really helpful yeah 
so much of Carl Jung called it the collective unconscious Mm. or the collective consciousness which is if you're not familiar with that if you're listening is when we define ourselves and our sense of self-worth from what is external to us which is known as object in some psychological areas and when one of the gifts of embodiment and sexuality work is that it asks of us and invites us to go inside to go into ourselves into a more subject oriented view of ourselves and learn to listen to ourselves from within and in terms of personal development it doesn't matter really I mean I've looked at it from so many different schools that I've studied with all there they're all saying the same thing this is where we want to go but there's so many distractions in people's life in the form of social media in the form of advertising whatever that constant external orientation how do you describe the benefits of this going inward coming deep from within learning to grow from within how do you describe that to people and how it will help them show up in their life Mm. That's a good question. I explain it to people in the way that it's it's giving them the tools to know and understand themselves authentically. It's about getting down to the essence of who you really are, Mm. not what society says, not what your family said, not what your kids think you are, not not what your employers think you know it's about or who are you and to be you know to, to 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 do that inquiry you know who who are you who do you want to be and giving you the, t- the skills to to know yourself and more importantly love yourself mm. it's it it's that for me yeah yeah and to show up and let that part of you shine and be okay yeah. with that. Yeah, and to be unapologetic and not in um, an entitled, bratty way, just in a, grounded no, this way. is me. Yeah, grounded, absolutely. And, you know, I, and I like in this, and perhaps trees is also a good analogy here. It's like I see this a lot with my clients when they, when they access this. It's like you become like a tree, like you've got strong roots, yes. deep foundation, but you're also able to sway with the changes that come. Like you're 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 not you're not static. You're able, you know, if a big storm comes, you can you can deal with it. You move with it. You're not you're not you know you're not broken by it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's what it's about. Yeah, I agree with you completely. And I think when you can get to that point and get that resilience and that resourcing in your system, that's when you can really start to think about the broader we question and the we conversation. And, I, you know, look, certainly there have been times in my life when I was younger where I was doing activism work, but I've wondered whether I was just projecting my own shit outward, right? I wasn't actually probably ready to do it. Yeah, and a lot of people who... Yeah, a lot of people come to activism because of their own trauma that they're trying to, you know, that they're, they're trying to solve on those big macro levels because it's wrong and the system's broken and we need to fix it, you know, which is true. We do, but it it's better if we start by fixing ourselves first so that we've got more 
space to be able to support those who are still on the journey. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that um, so in some develop in some circles of say leadership development, but there's certainly in the developmental psychology area, there's a line of thought that you can only get to that stage once you reach a certain age or stage of life. What do you think about mm. that? I'm not so sure, but I know no. there are, I know, I mean, I know yeah. there are certain experiences I've had in life where I've got, like, I wouldn't have got that. Like, I needed to go through it yeah. and learn. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, definitely there is that. Um, you know, I think that also, you know, you look at, like, the hero's journey or the heroine's journey, however you want to say it. There is, you know, there is developmental phases there and, and life experience teaches us a lot. But then I, on the other hand, I've got some very much younger friends and clients I might even I look at my teenage nephews and I see how, in some respects, how much more switched on, switched on they are than, you know, I look at like, I don't know, I'm Generation X and I I look at the, you know, what what this generation went through felt like a lot of fight and a lot of, I don't know, yeah, a lot of rebellion. And the, these younger generations, they, they seem way more mature and switched on and able to access not everybody, but you know the ones I've seen do, and I've I've worked with clients as young as eighteen and been blown away by the depth of their maturity. Like, yeah, I did when I was in Melbourne. One of the final group courses I ran, I had an eighteen-year-old on the course and her mum, and the eighteen-year-old she blew us away with wow. with like how her wisdom just like oh my god you 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 are our future and I'm really really optimistic <laughs> because of this yeah. yeah oh no I agree with you I mean I my 15 year old he's only 16 he constantly flips my brain with some of the stuff he comes yeah. out with I just think or he corrects me when I say something yeah. you know and I think yeah god they're so much more mature than we were yeah at the same age yeah yeah, and, and maybe they don't get the depth of what they're talking about, but they get it very well conceptually. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's all I probably wanted to talk about today. Mm. Is there anything else that you wanted to bring up that I hadn't mentioned just as we finish <sighs> off? Like what would you like to leave people with? I'd like to leave people with a sense of hope. Like It's very easy to go down this, you know, the doom the doom kind of road particularly with everything that's going on in the world at the moment and you know we it's it's it seems really clear to me we can't look to our leaders and politicians for to save the world or to mm. create solutions that are going to create the deep change we need in society and i i also don't think the individualist i'm all right jack stuff everyone else approach is going to work either and we need to yeah we need to find ways to to integrate with the world and to be in, integral with ourselves um and i i i really believe that we can make great inroads into that through yeah not just pleasure and orgasms but but knowing ourselves better mm. and doing what it takes to be good humans mm. yeah Lovely. Thank you so much, Mangala. Where can people find you if they 
What's your website? You can find me at mangalaholland.com. And there's there's some free resources on there. There's three free part video series. There's other stuff you can access. Um, yeah, so come hang out. And you're on you've got you're on Facebook. Definitely. Yeah, I'm more on face. I do I do have Insta, but I'm way more active on Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, um, so yeah, yeah. All the time. Thank you so much. <laughs> it was a great conversation. Awesome. Thank you, Kelly. This has been great.